You're listening to a podcast from Bayside Church International. Well, good morning, Bayside, and uh, any of our guests and visitors today. Hope you guys are having a cracker of a morning so far. Uh, Jay and I are away for the weekend, catching some rays in sunny, sunny Queensland, taking advantage of the fact that my parents are back, and so, you know, we're child-free and uh, just taking a couple of days to catch a breath from a very busy but a very productive September and conference season. So have a great weekend. I'm doing this video this morning just to introduce our very special guest speakers, Ryan and Kylie. Rufus have been friends of ours for about 20 years, so that's more than half of our life. Uh, We became friends 18 years of age um, in Adelaide back in 1997 and have been close friends ever since. They've spent the last 12 years or so in Hong Kong, but for many of you, you won't know this, but they were actually a part of our church for about six to nine months before they left for Hong Kong. So strictly speaking, we were the last church in Australia that they were a part of before they moved overseas uh, all those years ago. They've since come back, uh, which has been a major move back for them and are entering into new ventures in God. And it is our great privilege to have to come full circle and have them back at Bayside this morning as their very first preach in an Australian church. We thought it was only fitting that their last church that they leave and the first church they come back to his Bayside. So they're um, living in the area at the moment and um, uh, it's a a great pleasure to welcome them to the pulpit. Uh, If you want to find out more about Ryan and Kylie, well, first of all, just get to know them. They're right there. Okay, say hi. And uh, secondly, like us, they also have a ministry website. Uh, You can check that out. It's called New Nature Ministries and uh, they've got other preaching and teaching resources. Ryan's written a number of books. Uh, He's starting to do blogs and uh, he's posting some of his uh, well-known sermons uh, on the on his ministry website. So go check that out after today if his ministries bless you. I trust that you receive them both well today. Give them a big round of applause. Bayside, why don't you put your hands together now? Drum roll and welcome Ryan and Kylie Rufus. Go for it, guys. Love you heaps. Have a great morning. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Chad. That was a, that was a good video. <laughs> Chad, he's very thoughtful, isn't he? He does things. <laughs> so um, I was like all eager to preach this morning. I still am. And uh, I, w- I was at the door with my Bible and my notes at uh, quarter past nine this morning. And I said, come on, guys, let's go. And Kylie said, do you know what time it is? I said, yeah, it's quarter past nine. She said, it's quarter past eight. I was like, oh. So somehow I managed to actually gain an hour this morning. So thank you, Jesus, for that. And, uh, but it's really an honor to, uh, to minister here this morning. Um, do, I, do I talk about the footy? I don't know whether... Is that, is that a no-go zone this morning? Um, the only thing I want to say is that we're going to have some ministry down the front afterwards. And if anybody needs prayer for like depression, broken heart, deep sadness, then we, are, we will pray for you, all right? And we'll get a breakthrough and you're going to walk out of here full of life. And, uh, and the crows somehow are going to get anointed by God and win next year. Amen? <laughs> So, but it, it really is a wonderful honor to preach here and minister this morning for my wife and I. And uh, this, this is actually a really good church. It's, in fact, it's a great church. And uh, we were here 12 years ago. And coming back 12 years later, I tell you, we're so blessed by, by what we're seeing. Um, I mean, th- this really is it's an amazing facility. And uh, th- this, 
you guys are a church. This is the family of God. And uh, to see lots of young people all the way up to slightly older people, um, it's, it's really, it's really uh, we're blessed. And a real family feel here as well. We've felt so welcome. And so we, we just want to say you guys are doing an outstanding job. And it really is a privilege and honor to, to share with you this morning. And uh, Chad and Jay, they're doing a great job leading here. Amen? Uh, I mean, yeah, we've been friends with them for, for 20 years, as Chad said. And they're dear friends of ours. We, we love them so much. And they've, we've walked through things together. They've, they've walked with us through some difficult times in our life. And uh, it's amazing when you've got friends, real, real friends um, it just makes walking through things so much easier, so much better, and uh, they've really helped us a lot over the years, and they were some of the only ones to really stay in contact with us when we went overseas, and to walk with us and, and contact us, and phone, Jad would always phone, how you going, Ryan, what's happening? You know? And uh, that, that truly, truly ministered to us, and, uh, and so Chad said to me, Ryan, just be yourself this morning, and which is good, because uh, I can't be Chad. Uh, those are some big shoes to fill, amen? Chad, uh, honestly, I believe Chad is one of the, the best teachers of the Bible in the world today. Um, he really is a phenomenal teacher. He's so good he could do it in his sleep. Just, he could just like preach in his sleep and it'd be awesome. He'd record it and, and listen back to it. Um, so I just want to pray this morning before we, before we get into it. So why don't you just open your hearts to God. And Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for this moment that we have right now. And Jesus, we welcome your presence. We thank you, King of glory. We invite you to come into this place. Thank you, you're ready here. But we say, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in this place this morning. Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence. The ministry of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth that awakens hearts that activates gifts within us, that spirit of revelation that shines your light and illuminates the Word of God so it comes alive in us and leads us deeper and deeper into encounters with Jesus. Lord, we just ask that you'd shift this atmosphere this morning. We pray that heaven would invade this place. Let, let, the, let the kingdom of heaven come into this place and change the atmosphere. We, we say, let everything that is... That, that is of an earthly kingdom, that is of an inferior kingdom, let it bow the knee right now to the name of Jesus. We take every thought captive and we make it obedient to the name of Jesus. And we say, Lord, let your power, let your presence, let your authority, let your life just manifest in this place and increase in this place and let it transform our lives today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that it transforms us. And takes us deeper into encounters and relationship with you. And that's what it's all about. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, today, this morning, I want to talk about walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. What does it mean? And how do we do it? And so, I just want to turn our attention to Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. We're going to read that. Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. Do we have that on the screen? Galatians 5, verse 25. What does it mean to walk in the Spirit, and how do we do it? 
Galatians 5, verse 25. <laughs> that's okay. Oh, that's all right. It's, it's only one verse, so I'll just, I'll just read in my Bible. <laughs> if you've got your Bibles, you can turn in your Bibles. Wow, remember how we used to do that? Remember how we used to turn in our Bibles? <laughs> um, so Galatians 5, 25. It says, if we, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And some other translations say, since we live in the Spirit... Let us also walk in the Spirit. And three things jump out to me uh, about that. And that is, firstly, there is a difference between living in the Spirit and walking in the Spirit. There's a difference. You can live in the Spirit, but not necessarily walk in the Spirit. And so, number two is that it's not automatic. You know, walking in the Spirit is not automatic. We live in the Spirit... But actually walking in the Spirit, the Bible here seems to indicate that it's not automatic. Because it says, since, since you live in the Spirit, also walk in the Spirit. And thirdly, it sounds like it's quite important. Paul here, it's not like he's giving some sort of suggestion. This is, he is exhorting the church, the Galatian church. He's saying, since you live in the Spirit, also walk in the Spirit. And I believe that... Walking in the Spirit is very, very important. How many of you believe that? In fact, I believe that it is our highest calling in life to walk in the Spirit. And I believe that it is actually the highest level of Christian maturity that you can attain to, to walk in the Spirit. I believe that walking in the Spirit is actually the highest level of holiness you can attain to. Walking in the Spirit. I, I believe that walk, if you walk in the Spirit, if we, you and I, we walk in the Spirit, I believe that it takes care of everything. It takes care of everything. If you walk in the Spirit, you're going to hear the voice of God. If you're walking in the Spirit, you're going to know the will of God. In every situation, everywhere, you're, going to know, you're just going to know the will of God. That is one of the number one things believers are asking this day. What's the will of God? How do I hear the voice of God? Second question people ask. When you walk in the Spirit, it takes care of everything. If you walk in the Spirit, you will overcome sin. You will walk in dominion and victory over sin. You will, you will uh, flow in the gifts of the Spirit. When you walk in the Spirit, you will just minister in, the, in faith, in healing, miracles, words of knowledge, you know, words of wisdom, prophecy, all the gifts of the Spirit. They will just be flowing through you. So if you walk in the Spirit, I believe... It takes care of everything. So it's very important. But here's the question. What is walking in the Spirit? <laughs> what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? So I'm actually going to ask you guys now, all right? So because it's not just me preaching here this morning, okay? Don't think that you get to just sit there and take it easy this morning. Um, you're going to be up here preaching with me this morning, Amen. So just picture yourself, you, standing here right now, and you're preaching on what does it mean to walk in the Spirit, and you're about to tell us what is walking in the Spirit. And so what would you say? Go. <laughs> does anybody want to hazard a guess at what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? Don't worry, there's no wrong answers. There's, there's only three right answers. Speak 
Be guided. Yep. Walking in love. Amen. Hear and do. Yep. Hear from who? God. Yes. Amen. Faith. Walking in faith. Amen. Share the message. Yes. Looking like Jesus. Walking in the Spirit, looking like Jesus. I like that. That's a t-shirt. It's a Facebook update. Yeah, that's going to be, I'm going to go home and on Facebook. Walking like Jesus. Walking in the Spirit, looking like Jesus. Anybody else? Walking in the good works. That's right. Amen. When you walk in the Spirit, you will walk in the good works that He's prepared in advance for us to do. Amen. Resting in his presence. Who said that? That's good. I like that. Anyone else? Having evidence of the fruits of the Spirit. That's right. So, that, so you, you, you're all right. No one's wrong. You're all right. Um, but but I, I want to I show you something that I feel like God has... He just revealed, revealed to me a while back about... What is walking in the Spirit? And uh, he showed me it's, it's three things. Walking in the Spirit is three things. And um, firstly, it's walking in the Spirit covenant. Grace is actually the Spirit covenant. Law is, the law covenant is actually called the flesh covenant. And grace is the Spirit covenant. So, so walking in the Spirit is, firstly, walking in the Spirit covenant. It's walking in grace. Amen? Secondly, it's walking from your reborn spirit. We all have a spirit, okay? And when we get saved, our spirit comes alive to God and we receive a new creation spirit, amen? And so walking in the spirit is walking from your reborn spirit, not from your flesh, not from your soul, your mind, but actually from your spirit that is alive to God and, and one with God. So, so it's, and then thirdly, walking in the spirit is walking in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And so I like to say it like this. Walking in the Spirit is uh, walking in the Spirit covenant from your reborn spirit in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Walking in the Spirit is walking in the Spirit covenant from your reborn spirit in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's your Facebook status update this afternoon, all right? So, I want to just talk about those three things, and then we're going to minister a little bit in the Holy Spirit at the end. We're going to minister in the Spirit, and walk in the Spirit, and we're going to walk out of here walking in the Spirit, and spend the rest of our lives walking in the Spirit, amen? <laughs> Woo! Except it's not automatic, you have to do it on purpose, amen? Alright, so, the first thing, grace, walking in grace, walking in the Spirit covenant. Since you live in the Spirit, also walk in the Spirit. So if you read Galatians 4, it, uh, it, it, talks, about, uh, it talks about Ishmael and Isaac. Okay, Ishmael was the, the son of uh, the flesh, Ishmael. Abraham tried to help God out, and you know, Sarah gave her maid... Hagar and Abraham had a, had a baby. God had promised Abraham and Sarah a child. Um, 
and a child of faith, but uh, they kind of got a bit impatient and tried to help God out. And what do they produce? They produce Ishmael, and he's actually called the child of the flesh. And uh, he caused them a lot of problems. And often when we do it, have an Ishmael in our life because we get impatient and we, we, we rely on our flesh, we produce an Ishmael, and it causes us lots of problems. But Isaac was the child of the promise, um, the child of faith, uh, the supernatural child that, that Abraham and Sarah had. And uh, Galatians 4 actually says uh, these two children and Hagar and Sarah, the mothers, they are actually symbolic of the two covenants. One is the child of the flesh, and the other one is the child of the spirit, which is faith and which is grace. And so it actually shows us that the old covenant, the law covenant, was a flesh covenant, and the new covenant, grace, is a spirit covenant. The reason why the old covenant, which is based on the laws of flesh covenant, is because it's based on our flesh, the performance of our flesh, and how well we can perform for God. And if we keep the law, then we'll be blessed. But if we break the law, we'll be cursed. And so, and so Israel's relationship with God was based on their performance. And if they performed well, they could sort of have a good relationship with God. But if they performed bad, they had a terrible relationship with God. Amen? And, uh, and so under that covenant, when you sin, you, you are separated from God. You're far from God. You're cut off from God. And you have to kind of crawl your way back to God. But under grace, under the new covenant, it's a completely different covenant. Amen? It's based on better promises. It's not based on the flesh, on the performance of your flesh. It's based on faith. Amen? It's based on what Jesus did for us that we receive as a gift. It's all a gift. Forgiveness is a gift. It's not the result of us offering a sacrifice. It's the result of trusting Jesus, receiving what he did for us on the cross. Forgiveness, total forgiveness is a gift. Righteousness, under the flesh covenant, righteousness is based on your performance, your flesh. Under the new covenant, the spirit covenant, grace, your righteousness is based on Jesus' righteousness, his gift that he gives to us, and that is his perfect righteousness. The flesh covenant is an inferior righteousness. The spirit covenant is a perfect righteousness. We you know, he became our sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. Holiness in the new covenant is a gift. He makes us holy. He separates us, unites us with Christ. We're seated in heavenly places. We're one with Christ. It's a gift. Amen? The grace of God. The grace of God. The spirit covenant. So, since we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Since we got saved by grace, we were forgiven by grace, we're made righteous by grace, we're holy by grace, we walk by grace. So since, since we're in grace, let us also walk in grace. Let's not go back to the flesh. Let's not go back to the flesh covenant, the law covenant, where, where we're trying to relate to God on the basis of our performance. Let's stay in the spirit covenant where we relate to God on the basis of his grace. Amen? And this was always a problem for the New Covenant Church, the New Testament, the early church. They were always being tempted to go back to the law. That's why Paul says in Galatians 5, verse 1, he says, Stand fast in the liberty by which you were set free, and do not go back to a yoke of slavery. The law covenant is a yoke of slavery. It's a weight, it's a heavy burden that you cannot carry. 
And actually, the law was given to actually crush us and to destroy us and to show us how unrighteous we are before a holy God. That was the purpose of the law. Romans 3 says the law was given to reveal sin so that, so that we could put our faith and trust in Jesus, to lead us to Jesus. That's what the law was given. And so the Galatian church was being tempted to go back to the law, to try to, to you know, we, we're, saved, we're saved by grace, thank God, but now we need to serve God through the law. And Paul says, what are you doing? He says, it's, it's not, you don't get saved by grace and then go back to the law to become mature and perfect. No, stay in grace. That's what Galatians 3, chapter 1, uh, chapter, Galatians chapter 3, verse 1 to 5 is all about. It says, oh foolish Galatians. Why don't we just, do we have, do we have the scriptures? Yeah. It says, oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Having been saved and begun in the Spirit, in grace, are you now trying to become mature through the flesh, through the law covenant? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? He's saying, basically, he's saying, Stay in grace. Walk in grace. It is grace that matures us. It is grace that empowers us to live this supernatural life. Don't go back to the law. The law will crush you and destroy you. So since we live in grace, let us also walk in grace. Since we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Amen? We're challenged by this the most just after we sin. What do you do just after you sin? God forbid that any of you should sin. I don't sin, but I'm sure you... I'm, I'm just kidding, all right? Put up your hand if you still sin. No, no, don't do that. All right. Let, let, let's just be honest. Sometimes we sin, okay? Sometimes we think stupid things, we say stupid things, we do stupid things. It's not our heart and our, and our nature and our desire to do that, but sometimes you and I, we can be a little bit silly. Amen? Put your hand up for that. No. <laughs> just, just to pop the bubble that, you know, we have to be so holy. We, we, are, we want to, but sometimes you and I mess up, okay? And so what do you do straight afterwards? You said something stupid. You thought something stupid. You did something stupid. What do you do straight after that? Hey, do, do, do you go back to the law? Okay, God, I'm sorry. I'm going to start at number one. I'm going to go through all the Ten Commandments and I'm going to, I'm going to be good for the next three weeks and then, and then, I'm going to, then you, you'll let me back into your presence. My goodness, that, that, that is law. That is flesh. Amen? That's trying to relate to God through the flesh, through the law covenant. Actually, if, you do, if we sin and mess up, we stay in grace. Since we live in the Spirit, let us keep walking in the Spirit. Let's not go back to the law to try to qualify us to be able to walk in grace. Let's stay in grace. Let's walk in grace. Let's, when you fall, fall forward. Amen. Don't stumble and roll backwards and, and you end up back in law. Okay, now I've got to 
claw my way back to God. And, you know, no, let's, let's stay in grace. God, I'm sorry about that. I'm a bit of an idiot for doing that. Really sorry. But I thank you. I am still the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I thank you that you, the cross dealt with all of my sins. Not some, but all of them. Past, present, and future sins. And you forgave me all of my sins. I thank you that by that one act, I've been made holy once and forevermore. I thank you that, Jesus, I'm still seated in heavenly places with you. I thank you that I'm still a son. I thank you that you still love me. I thank you that the Holy Spirit still lives inside of me. He didn't leave me. He's still with me. And he's the Holy Spirit. He's the Holy Spirit. And I sinned. Surely he has to leave. No. You know what that is? That's proof you're still holy. It's proof you're still righteous. It's proof that God's no longer relating to you on the basis of your righteousness and holiness, but on the basis of his righteousness and holiness inside of you. And even when you mess up and sin, God forbid, we don't want to do that, but sometimes we do. Even when we do, thank God, we have a heavenly advocate who pleads our innocence before God. Thank you, God, the Holy Spirit doesn't leave us. Thank you, God, we can still continue to walk in grace. Amen? Amen. The Bible says that the throne of God is a throne of grace. It's not a throne of judgment. A lot of believers think it's a throne of judgment. The throne of God is a throne of grace. Hebrews 4 says, let us approach the throne of grace with confidence and find help in our time of need. Amen? It's the throne of grace. And see, a lot of people think they can walk into God's presence with confidence if they haven't sinned. Well, I've had a pretty good week. You know, I haven't, haven't sinned like the person sitting next to me, my wife or my husband. I've had a good week. I've been pretty holy this week. I've, I've really served God and I've thought good thoughts and I've read my Bible and I've prayed and uh, I helped someone across the road. And, you know, so, yeah, now I'm going I'm to go to church this morning. I'm going to really get into it. I'm going I'm to worship. I'm going to be confident. You know, what is that? Works, flesh, self-righteousness, you know. That's puffing yourself up, exactly. And what about this? Okay, oh, I've had a bad week. I've thought some wrong things. I've done some wrong things. said some wrong things. Lost my temper. So I'm, I'm going to, oh, man, I'm really going to struggle at church this morning. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go. I don't know if God's going to accept me. And, uh, and then so you come to church and you're like, oh, I can't really worship. Oh, I've got all this sin in my life. And... You know, I try to like repent and get rid of it, but I still feel really bad. And, and um, you know, so I don't really have much confidence to come into God's presence. And, you know, I've, I really got really to repent harder and, and spend three days outside of God's presence. And then that'll kind of pay and earn my way back to his presence. What is that? Condemnation. I'll tell you, that is also self-righteousness. That is also flesh works. That's relying on your flesh, relying on your works to earn your way back to God. See, see if, if you feel like, I'm going to try and say this, see if it comes out, all right? If you feel like you can have more confidence to enter God's presence because you haven't sinned, I've already messed that up. <laughs> I've really got to practice this before. Uh, some people have more confidence because they haven't sinned, and less confidence because they have sinned. 
When you like that, it's all self-righteousness. And it proves you haven't got a revelation of the gift of righteousness. See, we don't come into his presence before his throne of grace through our performance. We don't come through our righteousness. We don't come through our blood. We come through the blood of Jesus. We come through the sacrifice of Jesus. We come through the righteousness of Jesus. We come through grace because we received it in the Spirit. It's the Spirit that supplied all of God's grace to us, not our flesh. Amen? Amen. You guys got that. I probably should move on. Um, we, uh, let me just say also, when we serve God, our service for God, how do we serve God? Do we serve God in the Spirit or do we serve God through the flesh? And it's all got to do with what's your motivation? What motivates you to serve God? Since we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us serve God in the Spirit, not in the flesh. What's your motivation for living for God, doing things for God, serving God? What's your motivation for praying, for evangelizing, for giving, for coming to church, for, for, doing, for not sinning, for overcoming? What, what is your motivation? Is it fear? Is it guilt? Shame, condemnation? Is it trying to avoid God's judgment and his punishment and trying to avoid being separated from God? Do I do things because I'm afraid if I do that, I'm going to get separated from God? Or is it blessing? You know, I'm going to do this for God and then he's going to bless me. If I do this, God's really going to be happy. He's really going to be pleased and he's going to bless me so much because I'm doing this for him and he's going to bless me because of that. What's your motivation? See, the old covenant is called a covenant based on blessings and curse. If, if you do all the right things, you'll be blessed. But if you sin and break my law, you'll be cursed. And it's an old, that's an old covenant motivation system. The flesh system is trying to motivate you to perform and serve God based on blessings and curse. If you serve God well, you'll be blessed. If you serve Him bad, you'll be cursed. How many of you know that that's not the motivation of the new covenant? See, because that's flesh. The new covenant, we serve God out of faith, love, and hope. I serve God because I believe in God. I serve Him because I love Him. I serve Him because I have an eternal hope. Amen? Did you guys get that? <laughs> All right. Okay, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time on this one, but I feel like I have to. You can't worship God beyond your revelation of grace. cannot worship God beyond your revelation of grace. See, if you come and you think, oh, I've, I've sinned, God's not happy with me, I'm, I'm far from God because of the weak, the things that I've thought and the things I've done, I'm far from God and you know, I can't really just worship, not free to worship because I feel like God's counting those things against me. I feel like he's unhappy with me, displeased. I feel like he just wants to throw a lightning bolt at me, you know, and so I'm really struggling to worship. And that, that's a flesh mindset. Amen? That's a workspace mindset. And when we come into grace, when we walk in grace, when we worship in grace, we come and we go, thank you, God. I can come into your presence with confidence and boldness. It's not based on me and my performance and what I did yesterday or this morning on the way to church or even just before church started. It's not based on those things. It's based on the grace of God. I am forgiven. It's no longer counting my sins against me. I am righteous. I can have confidence and boldness. And when you see that, it gets your eyes on Jesus 
and, it's, and it gets your eyes on the throne of grace. And I tell you, it's so easy to worship God when you understand grace, when you walk in the Spirit. Amen. All right. Secondly, walking in the Spirit is walking from your reborn spirit. I'll try to go a little bit quicker through these. Walking in the Spirit is walking from your reborn spirit. Jesus said to Nicodemus, he said, unless you are born again, you cannot enter the kingdom. No one will enter the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And he said, you, you must not only be born of water, but also of the Spirit. That's born again. The first time we were born, it was through water. You know, through our mother, the, the water, the, what's that called again, the amniotic fluid. Pretty good. Um, I've had four children, all right, so I know these things. Uh, so you, the first time you're born, it's water. It's the flesh. It's, it's through the flesh, the natural flesh. The second time you're born, it's when you're born again, and that's by the Spirit. Amen? That's why you can never get to heaven by yourself, by your flesh. It has to be by the Spirit. It has to be by grace. But when we are born again by the Spirit, a miracle takes place inside of us. Somehow, we, we, by the Spirit of God, supernaturally, we come alive to God. Our spirit that was dead to God comes alive to God. Amen? And, we be, and our spirit becomes part of the new creation. Our spirit becomes perfect in Christ. Now, our, our body and our mind are still part of the old creation, but our spirit now is a part of the new creation. Jesus said, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Okay, what, what, did you get a new body? When you got saved, did, did you suddenly lose all the wrinkles and all the fat and, you know, you, you suddenly looked like me? No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, when you got saved, nothing changed in your body, right? And in your mind, nothing, nothing really changed in your mind other than you repented, you changed your mind, you believed in Jesus. But you still got all the same thoughts, all the same memories, all the same ways of thinking. That's why we need to renew our mind. Amen. But, but nothing changed in our spirit. I mean, in our, in our body and our mind. The thing what, that changed was our spirit. That's where we're a new creation. Our spirit has become a new creation in Christ Jesus, made perfect in Christ, united with Christ. And, um, and, so, and so we're not called to walk from our flesh, our body. Amen. What does it mean when, when Christians, they walk... From their, their flesh, their body. It's called being carnal. It's car carnality. That, that's carnal living. That's being body led. Okay? And if you live just by your mind, just our thoughts and just everything's got to be structured and thoughts and I'll just live by my thoughts. No, the Bible says since we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Okay? To live from your mind, that's soulish. It's just living soulish. Now your mind is good for maths and deduction and uh, Problem solving, you know, the mind is good, amen? God gave us a mind, thank God. Um, but walking in the Spirit is not walking from your mind. And it's not walking from your body. What is it? It's walking from your spirit. It's walking from your reborn spirit. And uh, why, why is it important to walk from our reborn spirit? Because God has made our spirit perfect. Amen? All of the fullness of God is inside of our spirit. Hebrews 10, 14 says that through the sacrifice of Christ, he has perfected forever them 
that are being sanctified, those that are coming into Christ. He has made us perfect for how long? Till our next time we sin? Forever. He's made you, your spirit has been made perfect forever. Colossians 2 verse 9 and 10 says, For all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form in Christ. And you and I, we've been given fullness in Christ. We've been given the fullness of God. Other translation says we've been made complete in Christ. So your spirit has been made complete and given fullness in Christ. And let me say this, your spirit right now is as perfect as it's going to be in all eternity. Nothing needs to change in your spirit. Your spirit is already part of the new creation. That new creation order of the future, your spirit has already become a part of that. Nothing needs to change. You couldn't be any more holy. You couldn't be any more righteous. You couldn't be any more godly in your spirit. Amen? Because your spirit is seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Now your mind and your body are just catching up. Amen? Our mind and our body are catching up. And that's why we need to renew our mind and offer our bodies as living sacrifices. Amen? But our spirit has been made perfect. And here's the thing. To walk in the spirit is to walk from your reborn spirit. It's to walk less and less from your body, just from your feelings. It's to walk less and less from your mind. Paranoia, fear, scared. Oh. Bible says when you renew your mind, then you will know the perfect will of God and walk in His perfect will. And, and to renew your mind, I believe, <laughs> is to go back to how Adam and Eve, how they were created. God created them in the Spirit and they walked with God in the Spirit. Their spirits were perfect and they could see God. The Bible says they walked with God in the cool of the night. You might have to concentrate with this one. They could, they, they, their spirit was in control. It had dominion. Their spirit had ascendancy. And then they were tempted to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when they ate from the knowledge, their mind came up and their spirit came down. Their mind took ascendancy and their spirit no longer, they were no longer walking in the spirit. And ever since then, mankind has been trying to relate to God through the mind. Because now we're in the knowledge of good and evil. Okay, but so to renew the mind. Why does the Bible say renew the mind? Why does it say reprogram the mind? It says renew the mind. It means it used to be new, then it became old, now it needs to be new again. What is that all about? That's about going back to how God created Adam and Eve in the garden, where they walked with God with their spirit in ascendancy over their mind and their body. So to renew the mind actually is all about learning how to let your spirit rise into ascendancy and control. So you make decisions from your spirit and not from your feelings, your emotions, from your mind, deductions, all of that, but actually from your spirit, your reborn spirit that is in fellowship with God. Does that make any sense? Did, it, did any of you get that? Was that... <laughs> Woo. And a part of that, see, because that doesn't happen automatically, um, just walking from your reborn spirit. See, when we wake up in the morning, we're kind of like, we're all in the mind and all in the body. Amen? It's like, it's all about how you feel, and I need a coffee to get my mind started. Amen? 
So like, how many of you ever wake up in the morning, you're like, ah, oh, praise God. You just get out of bed. Oh, glory to Jesus. Oh, just thinking godly thoughts, godly thoughts. <laughs> you know, we generally don't wake up in the spirit. Amen. Unless, unless some of you are a lot more spirit. My wife wakes up in the spirit every morning and then she has to resurrect me from the dead. <laughs> so thank God you're in the spirit. Um, but we don't, it's not automatic. Walking in the spirit actually isn't automatic. That's why Paul has to say, since you live in the spirit, now also walk in the spirit. And so we actually have to actively, intentionally get in the spirit. Okay. Um, when it comes to living from your reborn spirit, it's actually about learning how to, how to actually get in the spirit and to awaken your, your reborn spirit and to, and to feed your inner man. Another part of it is actually building yourself up on the inside. The Bible says when you pray in tongues, you edify yourself, you build yourself up on the inside. You're just walking around the house. And it's like your, suddenly your consciousness is, is starting to become God's consciousness. You're starting to like... Something happens when you pray, you build yourself up in the Spirit. Suddenly you, you begin to, to, to get in the Spirit. And when you get in the Spirit, you start to think like God. Amen? You start to have the desires of God. You start to feel big like God. Remember Smith Wigglesworth, he, he, he used to say, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than the outside. Amen? Man, our spirit is so awesome, so perfect, so big, it's so full of God. We've got God's nature on the inside of us. All of the fullness and the goodness of God on the inside of us. Imagine if we lived from our spirit instead of our, just our mind and our body. Whew. Amen? Okay, the, th the third thing, I better move on. So feed your spirit. Build yourself up in the spirit. The third thing is walking in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We're nearly finished. Why don't, Malcolm, why don't you come up and, and just minister um, on the keys? The third thing I just want to say is walking in the Spirit. So it's walking in the Spirit covenant from your reborn spirit in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And so since we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Firstly, we need to be filled with the Spirit. Amen? As a believer, we need to get filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can then walk with the Holy Spirit and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And, and how do you walk in the Spirit? It's to get to know, get to know the Holy Spirit. And firstly, you, you have to be filled with the Spirit. It's, it's not an optional extra for your Christianity it's absolutely essential to be filled with the Spirit. Jesus said, it's better for, I, for me to go because when I go, then I will send the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to the, the disciples before he went, was taken up into heaven, he said, wait in Jerusalem. Do not go anywhere. Wait until the Holy Spirit comes because you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and then you will be my witnesses. Then you will be able to do the things of God when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And uh, the Holy Spirit is not an optional extra. You know, when you go to buy a car at the car yard and you've paid all your money and they say, oh, by the way, th there's a few extras you could get if you want. Um, we could throw in a steering wheel. 
You're like, what? It's, uh, like, surely that's essential. That's not an extra. You know? Or, or they, they say, um, oh, also, if you want, we can put an engine in the car. There's an optional extra for an engine, the power in the car. It's like, th- those, those are not optional extras. Those are essential, amen? The Holy Spirit is not an optional extra. He is essential. He is the steering wheel of our life. He guides us where we're to go to know the will of God. And He's the power in our life. He's the engine in our life. You can't live life without the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, if you do, it's going to be very hard to walk in the Spirit. Probably going to just be walking by the body, the flesh, and your natural mind, your natural giftings and talents, which are amazing. Human beings are amazing. Humans have been into space. Human beings build amazing bridges and buildings and can do incredible things. But that's not walking in the Spirit. God's called us to walk in the Spirit. You cannot do the supernatural life that God has called us to and the life that He's called us to live without the Spirit. You must be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then when you are, and by the way, if, no one, if, if you're wanting to be filled with the Holy Spirit this morning, we, we can pray for you afterwards. It's actually very easy to be filled with the Spirit. And we can pray for you after. But then once you have been filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Now it's about fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And unfortunately, so many Christians, believers, they don't actually know the Holy Spirit. They don't actually live their life in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And it's really hard to walk in the Spirit if you don't know the Holy Spirit. But when you know the Holy Spirit, He leads you, He guides you. So many times, Kylie and I have been having an argument, (laughs) not so many times, sometimes, quite a few times, and uh, especially earlier in our marriage, and uh, so many times I've been, you know, sitting on the couch and Kylie's talking to me and I'm like, I've got no idea what to do, I've got no idea what to say, and, I'm, and, and my spirit is in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, and it's saying, Holy Spirit, help us out here, what do I need to do? I've got no idea, I need your help, you know, but I'm, I'm busy looking at Kylie and talking, and, I'm, and I'm, real, I'm saying, Holy Spirit, help me. And many, many times, He's just revealed what it is that I need to do. Sometimes so simple, so easy. Often, He'll just change my heart. You know, Ryan, that like, you know how you're being like a little bit proud and stubborn right now and think that you're right and she's wrong? Yeah, just humble yourself a little bit and then see how the rest of the conversation goes. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then it's amazing how we just seem to resolve things and sort things out. But the flesh says, I'm right. You're wrong. (laughs) Amen. Since we live in the Spirit, let us also do marriage in the Spirit. (laughs) Do relationships in the Spirit. Amen. We need to get to know the Holy Spirit theologically and relationally. We need to get to know His person and His ministry. Theologically, He is God, fully divine, God the Holy Spirit. He's a part of the Trinity. He is God. He's not an it, he's a he. He's a person. He's God. He has personality. He has emotions. Amen. Jesus said, when he comes, the spirit of truth, the counselor, your helper, when he comes, 
Jesus calls the Holy Spirit, doesn't call him an it, calls him a he. And I want to read John chapter 15, 14. John chapter 14 and verse 15 and 16, it says, this is Jesus, it says, if you love me, keep my commandments, which actually, if you study that and read the context, it's, it's Christ's commandments is the things that he said versus Moses, the Moses covenant, the old covenant. Israel at the time was obeying Moses' commandments and the law covenant, the flesh covenant. Jesus said, no, there's now a new way. It's my way. It's the way of my kingdom. It's the way of grace. So if you love me, follow me. Follow Christ. Follow grace. That's what he's saying there. He says, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Next verse. Verse. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or knows him. It's because they're trying to see them with their natural eyes or understand God with their natural mind. But it's, it's only through the Spirit that we understand the things of the Spirit. The world doesn't accept him because it doesn't see him or know him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. You know him. See, you can know the Holy Spirit. He, God the Holy Spirit. You can know Him and He will be in you and He will be with you forever. And so you can get to know the Holy Spirit, His person, His divinity, but also His ministry, what He does. And, the, and Jesus says, He's the helper. He's the helper. I will send you a helper. Oh, thank God. We get help. We get help from heaven. We get supernatural help from heaven to live a supernatural life. You know why we need help from heaven? Because the life that God has called us to is an impossible life. It's impossible for us to do in our flesh. It's impossible for us to do with our natural mind. It requires the supernatural presence and power of the Holy Spirit. I will send you a helper, the spirit of truth. Spirit of truth. I tell you, that is so important, especially in the times we're living in. While there's so much deception, so many lies, people are running after such silly things. So gullible to believe such darkness. Amen? But the spirit of truth lives inside of us. We have truth inside of us. We have an infinite reference of truth inside of us. We never ever need to fear deception, lies. Don't have to be afraid of the devil's lies. Don't have to be afraid of just being deceived. No, I'm walking in the spirit. I'm walking with the spirit of truth. And Jesus says he is the alos parakletos. That's what the helper means, which means another counselor. The Holy Spirit is your counselor. That means he is your legal defense. A lot of believers, they look at the Holy Spirit like a prosecuting lawyer. He's my prosecutor. Jesus said, no, he's not your prosecutor. He's your counselor. He's your defense lawyer. He's your lawyer of defense. And he helps you. He comes alongside you 
to defend you, to plead your cause, to plead your case, to plead your innocence. And when the world is trying to prosecute you, when the devil's trying to prosecute you, look at all those sins they did. Look at all those things they did. When, when your wife is prosecuting you, or your husband, or your children, or your family, or your boss, or the world somewhere, people are trying to prosecute you. Were you trying to prosecute yourself? That is the big one. A lot of us, we prosecute ourselves. How could God love me? I did this and that. How could God love me? I'm just, I'm always like this. I'm always like that. How could God love me? The Holy Spirit comes alongside. And he says, you know what? You're a child of God. You know what? You're the beloved of the Father. You know what? Before you did one thing for God, He loved you. And He gave His Son for you while you were yet imperfect a sinner Christ died for you and you know what God demonstrated his love for you in doing that you are the beloved of God whom he whom he who's, who he is absolutely in love with he accepts you the Holy Spirit endorses us he encourages us here's our legal defense see before we saved before we saved the Holy Spirit is a prosecuting lawyer I will send the Holy Spirit and He will convict the world of their sins. He will convict the world. Convict the world. It doesn't say He will convict the church. There's nowhere in the New Covenant that says the Holy Spirit convicts the church. In fact, there's nowhere in the New Covenant that says the Holy Spirit convicts the believer of their sins. Do you know that? Before you're saved, He's a prosecuting. He will, he will convict the world of their sins. What, what sins? They're all their filthy, dirty, stinging. No, this is because they don't believe in Jesus. The sin of not believing in Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit is convicting the world of. Their sin of not believing in Jesus. He's convicting them and showing them they cannot do it on their own. You cannot save yourself. You must be born again. You must turn to Christ. You must believe in Jesus. That's what He's convicting people of. But when you get saved, He comes alongside you to help you. He becomes your legal defense. He becomes your advocate and even when people are condemning you, you condemning yourself, the Holy Spirit stands up as an advocate, a legal defense. He stands up in the courts of heaven and he says, you know what, Ryan, even though he did those things, you know what? He's in Christ. He's been forgiven of all his sins. He's in grace. I've made him as right. I've removed his sins as far as the east is from the west. Uh, God is remembering his sins no more. He has been justified. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. He's been justified just as if he never sinned. He is still the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know what? Ryan Rufus is not guilty. That's what the Holy Spirit says. That's his ministry. And then lots of the church, they hear this and they say, oh, but that's, does that mean it's okay just to go and sin? And Of course not. You'd have to be an idiot. I've been a pastor for over 10 years in different continents of the world. I've seen what sin does in people's lives. I've seen the destructive force of sin. I've seen the distraction of sin. I'm telling you now, the way to overcome sin is not guilt, shame, condemnation. Guilt, shame, and condemnation are never a roadmap to overcoming sin. The law is not a roadmap to overcoming sin. Oh, I'll just try harder. I'll just try. I'll just try harder. Not going to work. 
The only way to overcome sin is to walk in the Spirit. Amen. Is to walk in grace from your reborn spirit in fellowship with the wonderful person of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. In simple, if you want to walk in the Spirit, obey grace. Believe in grace. Walk in grace. Obey your reborn spirit. Not your body and your mind. Listen to your spirit. Make decisions from your spirit. And if you want to walk in the spirit, obey the Holy Spirit. Amen. Obey the Holy Spirit. There's, there's times. Don't, don't get distracted. I'm nearly finished. And then we're going we're gonna to sing a worship song. There's times when in your spirit, you're about to make a decision and everything on the outside looks right. Amen. How many of you have ever been in this place and you, you feel good about it? You, you're going to make this decision, buying a house or getting married or some other major kind of life decision. Everything on the surface looks fantastic. Everyone else, yep, yeah, it's great. Do it, do it, do it. And all of a sudden you feel this check in your spirit. Something's wrong. Something's not right. What's that? That's the Holy Spirit trying to protect you. You can't see everything but he can because he's the spirit of truth and he knows if you do that it's going to be a mistake and the holy spirit he leads us either by peace you feel a peace to make the decision you know you feel a peace to do it or you feel troubled in your spirit you feel a check there's something troubling you in the spirit and i've, I've found it's always better to listen to the holy spirit there's been times when, times when I've gone against that check and other people I know that have gone against that inward troubling of the Holy Spirit and they've just said, no, I'm just going to do it anyway. And it's cost them dearly. It's because the Holy Spirit is our helper. He comes alongside us to help us, to, to help us make the right decisions. And He loves us and He cares about us and He cares about our future. And so He leads us. He's the steering wheel. He leads us with His peace or he troubles us when, when something's not right. And we need to learn to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. See, sometimes it's just our own fear or paranoia that we feel that check. But often it's, it's happening up here. This Holy Spirit, He speaks down here in your heart, in your spirit. And when you walk from your reborn spirit, you can tell the difference very quickly. Is that just my fear, paranoia? Because that's all in the mind. Or is that, is that actually the Holy Spirit putting that inside, troubling me? I, I mustn't do that. Amen. Amen. Why don't we stand to our feet? This has been a podcast from Bayside Church International. Thanks for listening.